can't be alive. And this is uh, probably going to be very racist. Bonus! Bonus episode. Bonus. Hooray. It's the bonus. Welcome, everyone, to the bonus hey. episode. Hey, hey, everybody. Uh, we're here. Uh, what a time to be alive. Bonus. Uh, better show month. We're at the conclusion of better show month. There is uh, no better person to be here for the conclusion of better show month than uh, the proprietor of the best show, uh, uh, Tom Sharpling. Your way, Tom. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. Oh, please. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, I appreciate I- it. Not only is this the conclusion of Better Show Month, I would say it is the logical conclusion of Better Show Month. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of really, really worked out perfectly. (laughs) Perfect end. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I also love the, uh, I I love how it's evolved, like the, like, thank you for having me, where, like, it's all virtual anyways. It's like, thank you for giving me part of your bandwidth in an online chat room, but we just have to stick to these kind of, like, natural things that everybody says. Yeah. (laughs) It's we're 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 learning how to uh, become. Uh, we're in the we're all in the mainframe now. That's what life is now. So yes, everybody's yeah. acting like they're next to each other when they're not. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're all completely isolated, and we're pretending that we're sharing something. Yeah, yeah. we 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 briefly discussed the kind of like pageantry that comes now with just everybody's so programmed to be like, "How are you?" And everyone's like, "Fat." Like I don't know <laughs> what do you want from me. Like yeah, it's hard to do. Just we can make an like a cultural agreement. We all know how everyone's doing. You know, we don't need to discuss it. Just get on with it. You know, you don't have to. If you're sending emails at work, you don't have to ask. You know, just like let's just get to the thing. We all know it sucks. Yeah. It's fine. I wonder if um, Cheers guys are still signing emails. Cheers in this time of need. Go now ahead. more than ever, virtual <laughs> Cheers. My coworkers all do best, which I think is very rude sounding oh i do best that the, yeah I, I shortened best from all the best um which was all my, the best is even more kind of insulting sounding yeah. to me yeah. it sounds I mean, sarcastic I, I it has a real bless your heart energy yeah yeah well. best has a real bless your heart sort of like kind of catty southern energy to me okay well what's a good email sign off goodbye I do stay safe yeah stay, stay safe is good stay you healthy do, you do that all the time even i've always that. written that I'm scared everyone's going to die all the time. I need everyone I write to to stay safe, whether it's somebody from register.com that I'm trying to straighten out a a renewal. I still want them to stay safe. Sure. We just need to stay safe, everybody. Yeah. I have a question. uh, Because I've heard varying things on this. I'm very like. I when I worked um like customer service like I've worked at several sort of front desk situations and I always say have a good one and people have told me that that is rude. What is it's your not thought? rude? I'd say it's like I could see how people think it's unprofessional. Yeah, I just feel like I don't know. It's it's vague enough. What was the type of job? What was the type of job? Um, a f- like general front desk stuff. I work. I've worked Funeral in a lot home. of um like colleges and educational institutions. So I'm, I'm usually talking to like college kids. Okay. How sad, what is on a scale of one to 10, how sad or anguished could the person you're dealing with be? Mm. It's different. College, the college kids were usually fine. They were like very chill talking to their parents. I feel like have a good one could be incendiary because they would always be having like meltdowns. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like parents would automatically be mad because they want everyone they deal with to be like at least 40. 
Like they get yeah. mad whenever they have to speak to someone that's not you your know. employer told employee told me to take it sleazy, which I think is inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, I would not say I would say have a good one to a to a harried parent might not land <laughs> yeah. the way you would want it to. They're worried about the trouble their kid's going to get into the second yeah. they leave. Yeah, yeah it was making a lot it of, seem like it the party starts as soon as they get out of here. It was a lot of telling them that I couldn't tell them their kids' grades. So they were, like, very upset. Like, I had to be like, you have to <laughs> that talk also, to your child. That has some power. Of like, like if I asked about my kids' grades and you're like, yeah, I can't tell you, but I have a good one. It's like, <laughs> that sounds like they failed everything. Yeah, but if, it, if sounds, you, it sounds like a middle finger a little bit. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, just I would, never thought about it until someone was like, that's insane that you said that to people at a job. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would like, say if if you worked at the sheriff's office in the town from the outsider, probably not not yeah. great. People were wondering about their disappeared, slaughtered children. Probably not a have a good one situation. But well, it's, like, it, it, it's a little bit like when people were, there was some annoying discourse about like whether it's okay for cashiers to say no problem or not. Remember that? Oh, I definitely said no problem. And it's like, okay, you know what? Like, would you want me to just say, oh, thank you, sir. Like, I'll kiss your feet for coming in to CVS and <laughs> well, buying no, this- that. I appreciate you bringing this up. This is the thing I have. I am one of those no problem, uh, anti no problem people because sometimes they say no problem as if they did you a favor that they're <laughs> not accepting compliments on. Okay. okay. Where you can say just like, you could say, um, like, uh, thank you so much. And then they go, no problem. It's just like, well, I didn't say there was any kind of problem here. You're not being generous by you're not you're not you're not taking the the weight of the problem off my shoulders and carrying like you're not being magnanimous with that. I feel like they create a dynamic where they are lowercase h heroes in their handling of the problem. Okay. Yeah. They are kind of did reframing the situation to then make you feel foolish for thanking them. Well, as if like, you're the problem. They're saying <laughs> you're a problem, but I'm overlooking it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Especially if it's their job where it's like, yeah, no, it should be no problem for you to resolve this. It should just be. <laughs> I will say there's sometimes where I said no problem when there definitely was a problem. In my time, mm-hmm. time at Trader Joe's vaunted grocery store chain, like the lady who bought sushi and then tasted it and figured out she didn't like sushi and wanted mm-hmm. us to and returned it. I said no problem. There was a problem. That's mm. insane behavior from a person, but you know, I gave her, I gave gave her the benefit of the doubt, and she, I was just happy to be part of her journey to figure out that sushi wasn't for her. Sure, so. but if I if I'm at a restaurant and I say, um, "Can I get a can I get a, a a box to take the rest of this home with?" and then they go, "No problem," it's just like. <laughs> yeah well it wasn't a problem it was a situation it was just i don't know who else to ask here for the box you're not you're not hooking me up yeah yeah it's like the implication is like that you should be like look i am so sorry to bother you yeah but is it possible for me to get a box for this something i know you have in the back and can immediately bring me yeah, yeah, then you slide into some gladiator thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down action. They're just like, I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll bring it out, I but I'm not time. putting the food in it, okay? You do that. That's the real problem. Yeah, I don't yeah, want them putting even, the food in it. It's not even folded up yet. It's just a flat-packed cardboard box. <laughs> just give me like the here, box. Yeah. 
I want you touching it twice. I get very overwhelmed when I'm at a restaurant <laughs> and they give me the uh, the tin foil thing with the paper top, and you have to like crimp the foil all around it. That's like that's way too much work. I'll tip yeah, generously that, for that. Don't a full two minute that. job with Uh-oh. folding that lip down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will Not say either. I've I, I've always wanted to get I don't know if it actually has ever existed but I've always wanted to get the the aluminum foil swan that appears in movies Ooh. and TV shows the sort of like weird fancy doggy bag situation is that like but, a Chinese place thing like a fancy Chinese like a duck like if you get like a, a Peking duck or something I I. I it, I know a duck is not a swan. I'm, I understand. Do not uh, foul explain to me right now. But um, <laughs> yeah. where would that even be? Like uh, the only like is it like a, just like a really fancy restaurant? And then you have to carry it out like that. I guess I don't, I don't know, know, but I appreciate sort of the implication here that um, they should make the foil into the shape of whatever animal the food inside comes from. I like that. Okay. Yeah. If you get a duck, they should make it a duck. If you're putting a burger, uh, if you're taking a burger home, they should have to shape the, like the burger is inside the main cow, but then it has little legs that it stands on. Right. It's like an aluminum bowl, like a bronze bowl, but for the burger. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they cook it in a bronze bowl. I'd like all my food to be cooked inside a bronze bowl, <laughs> if possible, just to fire lit under it, cooked um, up. I believe see. that would be idolatry, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 weird. Like the fun packaging. I remember in uh, like one time I was in Europe and like in Italy. I guess McDon- McDonald's sells fried seafood, which is surprising, but it does do that. And when you buy it, they give it to you in a box that's shaped like a little crab doing clicky, you know, doing crab stuff. And that did feel like a little dark and weird <laughs> to get mm-hmm. this just like crab filled with little seafood pieces. I mean, but. in fairness, when I eat crab, it is a crab full of crab meat. That's usually how crab comes. They just bring you the whole crab. That's accurate. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not as extreme as this smiling cartoon chicken <laughs> on a, at a chicken place. <laughs> yeah. going to true. eat a dead version of, of that chicken. Selling out yeah. his brethren. The yes. classic, the classic pig mascot of a barbecue place that's <laughs> excitedly inter- in- in- inviting you in to eat his brothers and sisters. It's like Mr. Uh, peanut. Are they still doing that baby peanut? Are they still going with that, or do they give that up once the world collapsed? Where, where do we know where we're at on that? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know if they had the runway planned past revealing the baby nut. Yeah, that's that was not a. Uh, not, people don't have time for that now. Uh, you know, bring back. We want normalcy. We want the top hat, cane, Mister Peanut. We can't raise a kid during all this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We need. He seemed confident and elegant and unflappable, and that's the kind of Mister Peanut we needed right now. Now we're stuck with a dumb baby Peanut. <laughs> can't help us. Do yeah, Mister Peanut. Us. He was like overcoming the adversity of of. Uh, Apparently having some kind of injury since he had a cane and everything. Like, he was an inspiring figure. And then yeah. yeah. Think about it. Have a baby. If it was World War II and suddenly baby Churchill showed up, right? <laughs> like, real Churchill was gone. And instead of it's like, well, here's a six-month-old Churchill will help <laughs> navigate this this yeah. war. Candy cigarette. Yeah. And uh, he's, uh, we will fight them on the beaches. Uh, yeah, not a lot of inspiration <laughs> coming there. Candy cigarette, perhaps a, a long pretzel stick being used as a cigar. Other okay. option here. Yeah, that's that Just would be allowed. 
Yeah. That would yeah. be talked about in the uh, workshopping of baby Churchill to raise morale. <laughs> Absolutely. Just a very rude, drunk baby. That's what we're <laughs> that's what we're going for. That <laughs> that everyone respects uh, a yeah. great deal. Just sucking on a like a little napkin soaked in scotch. I don't know what Churchill's drink of choice was, but uh, I think we do it just have had a... to be wet for him. <laughs> it just had to be yeah. wet. <laughs> And then it was a drink he would drink. Yeah. yeah. That famous quote where he was just really mean to some old lady. That was his classic. Uh, I'll, I'll be sober tomorrow, but you'll still be ugly. Or what? It's like, wow, we got her. That's it. That's what she gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the razor's nuts. edge wit of taking down an ugly lady that, uh, that he did. Take that, of course, dowager. Yeah. And, of course, we would have, uh, I'm now thinking of Baby Taft being stuck in the sink where he was taking a bath. Ooh, okay. pretty good. That's just a fun uh, image. Uh, but if we want to do some stories, we do have, actually, restaurant etiquette is, is, is central to the, uh, to the first story we have here. Uh, this is from Food and Wine magazine, the number one magazine that's about food and wine. Uh, this is uh, someone in Philadelphia who, uh, they're trying to support local businesses. Of course, and uh, so they decided, you know, I'm going to order from a local restaurant, give them some money, do my part, also get some delicious pizza. Uh, And they placed an order on Grubhub from a restaurant called Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. But then uh, when she received her food, she was slightly suspicious about where it came from. I don't know what indication that she got from either the packaging or maybe just the, the food itself, like its appearance or taste. But uh, she she texted her Grubhub driver, just curious, was this food from Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, and the driver responded, yes, that is what had happened. She ordered from uh, Pasquale, Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. And apparently there is a local Chuck E. Cheese's that has changed itself to label itself on Grubhub as Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. Uh, Pasquale, of course, being a reference to Pasquale P. Pie Plate, who is the name of the fictional chef in the Chuck E. Cheese universe. (laughs) So, Uh, He's a member of Munch's Make Believe Band. I believe that's the name of the band. So he's Um, a chef and he's he's in the band. He's the drummer of Munch's Make Believe Band. And I am not kidding you, because this has brought me to the Chuck E. Cheese wiki, which you should really (laughs) check out. Um, this is the description. Not only that, Pasquale P. Pie Plate is a character from the Chuck E. Cheese restaurants. He is an Italian chef as well as the drummer of Munch's Make Believe Band, and I swear to God, and an aspiring comedian. Well, there we go. Just literally everybody. He's yeah, got he's it all. A uh, hyphenate. He's very talented. <laughs> what can Pasquale, Pasquale P. Pie Plate? And also, I'm glad the P is in there so we don't confuse him with other Pasquale Pie Plates. Yeah. Right. There was already one registered and uh, in his union, and he had to throw in the P to make sure. Well, he actually took his wife's name. So his wife was Pie Plate, and then he moved his last name. Okay. Oh, he's uh, like a hyphenate. Yeah. Another. In in career and in last name. What Mm -hmm. what kind of animal is he? Is he just another mouse? I don't know much about Chuck E. Cheese. He's a man? He's an Italian man. He's just a guy. <laughs> wow, that's pretty messed up. It's like, well, there's all these animals, including an Italian, another kind of animal. Yep. No, he's just an Italian man with a, a huge mustache. Unsurprisingly, anyone. I got a couple. Oh, Zoom doesn't. I don't think it's in images over Zoom, but uh, I you mean, if, if you guys really want, I can share my screen if you'd like, if you want to see kind of what's going on with the squally. 
Give it a shot. Sure. Show me here, this let quality. Me, let me share my Chuck E. Cheese wiki window. So you can see here, this is the Chuck E. Cheese wiki. Enjoy the background. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this is Pasquale. So he's recently been just kind of turned into like a, a very normal looking 3D Italian man. He looks like he's do. in Clash of Clans. Like he looks like a Clash <laughs> of Clans character. Yeah. He's a Rage Shadow Legends character. Okay. But I he, remember his him in animatronic form. He's like 80% mustache. Yeah. And well, he has creepy googly eyes that move back He's and not forth. great. He's yeah, not the, great. The animatronic version of him is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's like not that's, not good. That looks it looks like he's from one of the like you the conjuring movies. Like he would be in a case <laughs> in their in their little yeah. side room where they keep all the Do you do you watch the conjuring movies? Yeah. yeah. I, I actually I watched Annabelle comes home on a plane, yeah, so I, I got yeah. He's married to Annabelle. That's his wife. Sure. <laughs> they just have Annabelle that, Pie Plate. They just have like a side room in their house that has the most horrifying relics of of just pure evil and they'll just put like a note on the thing just like don't open this case yeah <laughs> annabelle's hey, in here hey babysitter don't go in this mysterious room anyway <laughs> yeah that one babysitter she could not mind her own business she had to go in and try to get in touch with her dead father yeah let yeah, annabelle out of the case yeah, i have a that's... question about this wiki um apparently the part of the character stats for Pasquale includes a health meter, and he is listed as healthy. <laughs> I don't know. Health. Whoa, yes. I'm is there, somebody, is there somebody who is unhealthy? <laughs> what, what? Yeah. There, there's, there's, I mean, they're all gender, unhealthy, if anything. Gender, race, which his race is just human, which is, okay. they're not breaking it down too much. That's actually really uh, good of them, I think. To Progressive. Note it, re- to realize that human is one race. I think. And then there's health. Listed as healthy, and then status alive, which is also so just like and I think promoting yeah. about Underra- what happens to the un- other people. Underrated is them giving his location as Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> restaurants, which is everybody. But also, I'll, I'll stop sharing my screen, but um, I don't know if you noticed the bio. And this is all according to the official uh, uh, CEC website, which is their abbreviation of Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, they mm. have like a whole story for him. He originates from Naples. His uh, shortly after birth, his parents Priscilla and Pietro Pieplate, I would assume, uh, immigrated to America. Uh, they immigrated to America and opened Pasquale's Pizza, which they named after him. And then the bio just keeps going way too far. Like this is, I assume, an official wiki here, whatever his officials wikis get. Growing up, Pasquale isolated himself from sports and other activities to study the art of pizza making. Okay, where Hoping is this one fourth in like in the like in the restaurant? Like this is just like all yeah, really deep lore. It's, it's just in the some, novelization of Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. yeah, it's some high school journalist interviewing the guy behind the prize counter at Chuck E. Cheese to get the <laughs> as, deep. As a kid, he used to deliver the big ice blocks around the neighborhood. He was he was that guy. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's great that he really spent so much time studying the art of pizza making to make some of the worst food. <laughs> he really went to school on yeah. how to make garbage pizza for <laughs> for overstimulated children. Yeah, his, yeah. his, his family sure was actually chased out of Italy because they were going to get killed for making <laughs> he can't bad go pizza. Back. He's <laughs> yeah. not allowed yeah. back. He figures uh, out how to incorporate gummy worms into pizza. <laughs> yeah. 
That was it, whatever that board they have in in Naples. That's like the there's like a real pizza board that'll give you the Neapolitan stamp of approval. Yeah, their inclusion of Reese's cups. They lost their medal <laughs> and were evacuated or, or kicked out. I'm sure but, the woman who ordered Pasquale's realized it when it came in Chuck E. Cheese boxes. Like I doubt yeah. they're going so far as to like get a new graphic design for this. But I like to imagine she just knew as soon as she took a bite that it was Chuck E. Cheese. Like that's yeah. what that's what let her figure it out. Wait a minute. Because it is trash. Yeah. Well, it came with a bag of tokens, so she is suspicious mm. yeah. immediately. Came with some of those spider rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and one yeah. of those sticky hands that you throw at the wall that's just covered in hair immediately. She got one of those. Yeah. It was, they I made mean, her... She, go ahead. I mean, she ordered from a place called Pasquale's Pizza and Wings, which right there, you kind of have waived the right to complain <laughs> about food quality if you go to a pizza place that puts their wings in the title you're just admitting you're just ordering yeah. drunk sop up food if you <laughs> if they promote wings in the title that is Pasquale like a spelled sign. like rascally also not, yeah. not very not the italian <laughs> yeah. way Pasquale well, with a y well all this but philadelphia comes through and they find that not only is this all confusing, there is a genuine Pasquale's Pizza and Wings in that neighborhood in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Then <laughs> so that's, that's just a total real bullshit. restaurant, also. <laughs> yeah. That's trademark infringement. Get them. Yeah. That's shameful. I yeah. do feel like it is a red flag, though. Like, because I, you know, like in New York, a lot of times when you're ordering from Grubhub or whatever, it's a place you've never been before. And like, you're, you'll be scrolling through like a Chinese food menu, and then all of a sudden you'll get to like the pizza portion of the menu, and you're like, okay, this is oh, not yeah. where I'm getting my food. Like, they, they have like some totally unrelated cuisine that they also do. And I feel like that's, that's a very good sign to not order from a place. Yeah. There was mm-hmm. an old bodega near my, Excuse me, my old apartment that one day I walked by and they just had a sign outside that said, like, we have udon noodles. And I was like, why do you have udon noodles? It's such a strange. What made you think that's what you were missing as a business? A truck broke down in front of their <laughs> bodega. Yeah. A big crate of udon noodles fell off and they had to use it. I really like that this story on Chuck E. Cheese is covered in Food and Wine magazine. Like I, know, like, I love the idea that, like, normally it's like the James Beard Awards and things like that. It's like, uh, what do we got going on? Well, uh, Chuck E. Cheese uh, doing really innovative things with their Nerd Rope Fusion uh, platters they're putting out. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just I, I love that. Because yeah. I picture everybody who works there, like, being, like, the guy from uh, uh, Ratatouille, like, the, the old <laughs> critic. It's just that's the Food and Wine staff. And they're like... Charles Entertainment Cheese is no chef, or you know that kind of thing. Yeah, Pete Wells' scathing review of Pasquale's uh, <laughs> Pizza and Wings really shut them down. Uh, I also I must ask because this when we were discussing this story, um, we were talking about uh, weird locals localish Chuck E. Cheese knockoffs. Uh, I've already confirmed that neither Kath or Patty have ever heard of this. But uh, uh, Tom, are you are you aware of Jeepers? Have you ever been to a Jeepers? No, I've not been to a Jeepers. What is Jeepers? I wouldn't recommend it, but it does exist if you ever okay. need. All right. You know, if you ever wanted a Chuck E. Cheese with uh, way less animals, it just won the tagline for Jeepers being food, fun, and a monkey. Just uh, one monkey. Yeah, named okay. Jeepers. Is he food, a fun, live monkey, a monkey or animatronic? I think he's like a mascot monkey. My my Jeepers memories aren't... I think he's like a big mascot suit monkey. And I think they have rides inside. They build themselves as an indoor theme park, which oh, is wow. generous. 
So this and is not where, like a, where are Jeepers franchises located? Uh, the only one I can still find is in Lakeside, Michigan. But I remember one in uh, kind of rural Maryland, I think. Uh, it's all monkey-themed. Y- you can get on the Banana Squadron, where uh, you can go go wild bananas with their Flying Banana Squadron ride, uh, which is just a couple bananas that s- spin around in a circle. Um, <laughs> oh, I found Jeepers. I have found an il- illustration of Jeepers. It's weirdly a... a it's a monkey wearing what looks like uh, Army Navy surplus clothing, um, and that's that. That's Jeepers for you. I don't so. know. Like Chuck E. Cheese is a, a bummer, right? We can all agree. It's like if you're not like if you're over the age of six, it's like kind of. I was sad. gonna say if when you're a kid, it's like unimaginably amazing. I mean, we didn't have them by me, so I remember I would just get insanely jealous that people got to go there, even though I, you know, like bowling alley level pizza and uh, a ball pit that's never cleaned it's not exactly but that's that's what you want when you're Did that you age. Did you have a regional one? We had um a place called Discovery Zone which I think no longer exists but and I know you guys may have heard of that. I think at least one of you said you chain. did. Um but I think and it was the same type of deal but there was no um no animatronic like band or anything I don't think. We had a um there was an arcade when I was a kid the town over that uh called Arnie's that had a um a section that was like an ice cream shop but they had like a little stage performance it was like kind of like the um those weird like little precious moments kids but animatronic called Georgie Porgy and it was they would like oh, sing no. to each other again horrifying in retrospect it's been Don't gone forever i think it's an anthropology now the whole place so um <laughs> yeah what is it no longer we had we had fun spot famous made famous in the king of kong documentary um which I feel like they don't touch on the fact that, like, that they did have a. There were serious uh, arcade gamers that would go to Fun Spot, but the main demographic was children. So, like, all the super serious Donkey Kong players were just surrounded by screaming six year olds that I feel like did not yeah. make it into the documentary. I think so. When something- that guy's yelling, there's a kill screen coming up, <laughs> he's yelling into eight year olds who yeah. don't know what anything is. Billy Mitchell's hype man is yeah. just screaming at a bunch of children who that are that guy. Man, we were talking about this before you came on, like because Kath mentioned this place. That guy to me is the villain of that. That guy, there's nothing in it for him. He's just a nasty little toady guy, you know, just sucking up to <laughs> Billy Mitchell. Mm-hmm. That guy, that guy's the worst guy in there uh, to me. I don't to know, me, that's... I would say the worst guy is Steve Weeby is the worst guy. <laughs> okay, he has a. <laughs> Donkey Kong machine in his garage ignores his child for hours at a time. Why is he the good guy of Donkey Kong? That's a really good point. The bar is very low in that movie for what constitutes yeah. a good guy. Yeah, just just guys trying to do any achievement. His relentlessly supportive wife. You know, he's yeah. just crying because he can't get a high enough score in the yeah. video game, and it's like I know he really wanted this. It's like man. These are some forgiving people that are putting yeah. up with this stuff. That's the life she signed on for. That's true. Yeah. And a lot of people that are pursuing that sort of achievement, you know, the, the whole idea of them is like the immortality of it. They're like, even when I'm gone, this will live on. And with Donkey Kong high scores, it's like, not really. Like, I don't even think it will. In yeah. fact, your family is probably a longer term, you know, thing to legacy focus on. You. Your legacy, like more than the Donkey Kong scores. Yeah. Better figure out how to ask that donkey kong machine to bring you medicine <laughs> when you're now here's one thing you brought up patty is just 
is our ball pits gone forever now? Is that a thing that will I, never happen again? I think I think now especially yes. I think they. I don't know what the. I don't know. Have you ever? You guys ever been in ball pits? I mean, oh, yeah. it, it, you know, you go down the slide, you go in the ball pit. It, you sure. know, when you're a little kid, it's fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, unless even they're individually then, disgusting, though. Right. Like even uh, then, parents were like, mm. "Yeah, are they yeah. cleaning each ball? You know, individually? <laughs> are they? Like, where do they store them? Like, they have like a big tub, and they like put them in the tub, and then dump them back in once they're all clean, like yeah. a bailing out thing. Yeah. I yeah. Think, I mean, is, is it going to be like one? Kid gets to go into a ball pit and then it's shut down for three days, <laughs> and then they sterilize each ball. <laughs> then ball pits will be very expensive. They will suddenly become a luxury that yeah. Yeah. only the super rich can afford. It's gonna be yeah. They're gonna be only ball pits on Elysium and not uh, down on Earth with yeah. everyone else. Yeah, there really to- is a chance that ball pits will be like the new sport of kings. <laughs> They're just going to have to have a, a, a bunch of uh, uh, full, like, b- rotational ball pits so that they empty it every night and put in the the newly cleaned balls for the one child that gets to go in there the next day. It's just, look, we can't give away our way of life. There, You know, uh, people die in car crashes, and if people have to get sick going in ball pits, you know, that's the way that, you know, this is the, what makes America great. We got to make sure we keep these ball pits going. <laughs> The the one silver lining to this is I feel like we were almost reaching a point where adult ball pits were becoming a thing with like all of these Instagram like fake museums where it's like I'm it's about ice cream, but it's really just a bunch of backdrops for me to take pictures of myself. I feel like those places Mm -hmm. were like super into ball pits and maybe those will go away. So that is one positive, but yeah, well, like the My Little Pony con where they had that fake little like the the one ball pit that was like three feet by three feet. Do you guys? Oh yeah, that? no, at the at the Tumblr convention. The, okay, whatever it was. Yeah, I couldn't remember. <laughs> oh, what the it was. failed. Yeah, <laughs> it was a kiddie pool full of balls in the middle of like an empty gymnasium. Right. Yeah. That's it. very good. Yeah. Well. Uh, my, my most of my experience with ball pits is McDonald's play places. Yes, and like that's just such a. It, it's like a small, uncontrolled country with no laws because it's in a McDonald's, and so there. McDonald's already not a place that where people are known for eating like the right amount of food that makes them feel good, and there is always some kid in there that was just like. His parents had just let him eat a 20-piece McNugget to win a bet with one of his friends. And then they pop him right in the ball pit, and he's just the illest child you've ever seen. <laughs> and you're just, like, mess. You're just, you're just chopping it up with, you know, yeah. like, Trentley or whoever the fuck this kid you, is. That's You're accepting a high Ill. level of, you know, ketchup parts per million exposure, you know, way yeah. higher than normal if you're in that ball pit. Those things are all, have a thin layer of ketchup yeah. on them. <laughs> this kid just chugged a 32-ounce soda cup filled with a little bit of every soda in the fountain, and then they throw him <laughs> straight into an obstacle course. That's... It's a, it's a no chaotic place. I will say, yeah. we at least, we got the, the peak moment of any ball pit. Uh, we already got it, fortunately, and we got it on camera, was uh, Sheldon from Big Bang Theory yes. popping out and saying Bazinga a bunch of times. So... If we do have to, you know, say Did goodbye that to the really ball happen? pit, yes, that's a classic moment from the t- television program, The Big Bang Theory. You, you're not familiar. It's one of the earliest uh, uses of Bazinga on the show. If I <laughs> ah. Yeah, he was Historical. like, the, yeah, they the kept trying to Bazinga. find him, and he kept popping out and saying Bazinga and then going away. Um, I don't know. That's uh, so. That's it. You know, we've already hit the peak. That's the platonic ideal of ball pit comedy. So uh, I think we, you know, if we have to say goodbye, uh, that's yeah. that's how it goes. Ball pits now going to be for future generations. What when you watch films of like Coney Island and there would be people just like 
on a spinning thing that just threw them into the <laughs> walls and <laughs> or like the giant slide that seemed completely reckless and out of control they just be like go to the top of this thing and just slide down it and crash into each other yeah. when they they banned that at some point and now ball pits are our equivalent of that yeah the person who it was always a weird choice. Then they were like, you know what the safest thing to put around a child's gym, like kind of gymnasium equipment would be, just sharp wood chips, just a lot of sharp <laughs> wood. Sure. That's gonna pad the fall for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Shards. That's what I want. Protecting <laughs> yeah. me is shards. A pool but, of shards, if possible. If we're yeah. gonna clean one kind of ball at these places, as long as we can keep the ski balls clean, that's I think mm. we got to prioritize, right? That's 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 my take, anyway. Um, Man, ski ball is gonna take so long now. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe down each ball. Yeah, it just, once stick. it goes through the little hole in the ski ball, it just drops directly into an autoclave that just superheats the yeah. ski ball, and then it comes yeah. out, and you have to wait to touch it because it'll burn your hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exa- it's like those bowling ball. I feel like this is one of the things where I either find out this is something that a lot of people wanted, or I find out that I was an extremely weird child yet again. That whenever I went to the bowling alley, I was obsessed with the bowling ball cleaner machine, and mm-hmm. my parents got sick of it very quickly because they're like, "We're not paying, we're not giving you money to go clean more bowling balls, <laughs> you strange little goblin! Like, what are you doing? Eat your curly fries. You're paying and- them to work here. That's not how this <laughs> yeah. is. This is not." You ever yeah. think about putting your head in one of those things? That's all I could think about as a kid. Is like if somebody <laughs> stuck their face into the bowling ball cleaner. Yeah. Well, you know, after about two more years, I could use it to really shine up my head. I think. Yeah. Get like a nice thick up. wax. You know, Pitbull throws his head in there. He's looking great for weeks. Just That's a nice true. turtle wax. Sure. Hits mm-hmm. uh out on Miami Beach. Pulls into the strike and spare. <laughs> I would hope Pitbull would have his own ball polisher at this point. (laughs) I think he's done well enough. Yeah. Yeah. He he doesn't have to go out. Yeah. This is why we got to bring back cribs. See, it's it's already there. You know, we've already got all all the celebs are showing their homes on Zoom. You know, we might as well just bring back cribs and just have people walk their laptops around. Mm -hmm. That's that's a slam dunk idea. I'd watch that show. That yeah, sounds yeah. like a Quibi idea. Hey, <laughs> get that on Quibi, Patty. It's good. That's the video's it. vertical, but not really. I'm gonna it's... email Meg Whitman as soon as this ends. Nobody, uh, nobody, nobody, scoop me on this. Yeah. Oh, I got I got punked by Chance the Rapper during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Quibi. <laughs> um, Should we yeah, do number so two? Let's, yeah, let's do it. Uh, um, all right, it's number two. Um, Number two is is a uh, just a is a, is a good story because it has a lot of good cop lingo in it, uh, in my in my opinion. So, um, the headline here is um, "Trail of stolen meat leads officers to a cookout in progress." Police say. Um, so this is in Fresno, California. Um, uh, I guess they responded to uh, cops were called to a meat market at about four thirty a.m. Uh, and uh, they got there. They saw two people leaving. They also saw a trail of meat which they followed to a nearby apartment and they found some of the stolen meat being cooked for a gathering during a search of the apartment. So, um, I don't know if cookout in progress is a code on the local police. Uh, you know, it's like a, it's a six, one, three, we got a cookout in progress. I mean, uh, we, we discussed, we discussed the, the vast, uh, possibility of, 
if I heard cops saying cookout in progress, I would just assume that is some very racist code that they use constantly. <laughs> that is, a, that so, is also a fair point. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, they, uh, they, they, these people, there's like a group of people, they, uh, you know, not apparently not master criminals leaving a trail of meat like you would do in a cartoon. Um, looks like we lost Kath. She'll be back in a minute here, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, as, as, uh, you know, I'm imagining like a SWAT team, you know, they're gathering in, they're gearing up in the van outside. Um, it's like, we, here's a trail meet, you know, we're ready. You know, it's four, very late, four thirty in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. And they're just all geared up and they all run in, use the battering around to stop people from like on a foreman grill or whatever it is. That's, um, good use I, of resources. I like the idea that they have, they have lifted so much meat from this store that they can drop some of it enough to have a trail not even just like Mm -hmm. one or two like they are trailing meat behind them because they grabbed so much at 4 30 in the morning to supply this barbecue which i'm assuming had a fair amount of people at it if you need that much meat yeah well like first of all they're not sweating the meat if they're just letting that much hit the ground (laughs) they must have stolen a lot of meat first of all and this also seems like if it was the middle of the night, first of all, what constitutes a trail of meat? Like how? <laughs> how many- what are the increments that it's being dropped? <laughs> and this sounds like they're not giving credit to some uh, super uh, entrepreneurial police dog that probably <laughs> was the one that found the trail of meat. No, no cop is going to get on their hands and knees and notice there's little pieces of steak. <laughs> <laughs> that's something a dog figures out that is that you know, is the unsung the cr- hero of this maybe the criminals just assume that it, you know if they're in any sort of town where there's wilderness at all they figured that the, this problem would solve itself you know that naturally the stray dogs and cats of the neighborhood would it, it's like you know the nature is the, healing it's like the ice bullet you know it would just never be it would vanish itself right you stab I mean, someone with an icicle right there's an, yeah. an a hawk will pick an owl will pick this up and we don't yeah. have to worry about it <laughs> that is an like owl if will I pick were, up this package of bacon if i were really <laughs> drunk at 4 30 in the morning like that is absolutely the logic i would be using surely a hawk will mm. pick this up like that would absolutely <laughs> be what crosses my mind trying to there must be some raptors around here yeah. some yeah. sort of like, Hawks eat meat, right? <laughs> Hawks will want this stuff. We're yeah. helping. Yeah. yeah. I'm eating I, the hawks. <laughs> yeah. Did I? Visually, I'm imagining what? Oh, no, go ahead. Visually, I'm imagining it is exactly as like, you know, when you like take a really big load of laundry out of the machine and you're walking and then like a sock falls and you're just yep. like, fucking, I'll pick it up once I get to my room. It's the hawk just will that. Get it. Yeah, a hawk will get it and bring it to me. <laughs> yeah, I just imagine this sort of like, you know, they're just little bits trailing off. But well, yeah, there was a of- huge uh, stolen meat scandal when I lived in Austin. There was like, they, f- they busted a stolen meat ring that was supplying like a- all of the best barbecue places in the city. Except like, not the up and up ones, not like Franklin, not the fancy written about in food of food and wine with Chuck E. Cheese ones, but all of the like regular barbecue places that were delicious were all using stolen meat. And it was like a huge crime ring of people stealing meat from H E B 
to fund yeah. all of these barbecue places. We are, guys, we are making. You guys got to check out Tiger King because this guy had meat <laughs> that he stole from the Walmart uh, from the yeah. dumpster, and then he made pizza out of it and fed the tigers with it. It's it's on Netflix. It's called Tiger King. Oh yeah, that's check on it what's, out. Track it at track it down. Netflix is free. Is Netflix free? How do I? How would I get into this? How do yeah. I? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> from a Best Buy window, I was watching. Yeah. Yes. You guys see this show that I'm making my whole personality for the next three weeks? It's called Tiger King. It's pretty great. Yeah, I, I, I missed the window. I have a very narrow window on things, and then I immediately have a like an allergic reaction. Uh, I can't help it. But uh, yeah, I don't know about a guy like abusing animals, and then I guess doesn't somebody get murdered or something? We talked about this story on the show like two years ago. Yeah, but yeah, we uh, we scooped everybody. It we told the Tiger like, King story in like 2018 or something. Right. I think what sealed it for me when like the guy from the Daily Caller or whatever was asking Trump about like, would you pardon the Tiger King at the press <laughs> conference or whatever? It's like, all right, that's enough. Um, mm-hmm. I, think, yeah. I think we've hit the I limit liked on uh, I think it's what good. my interest would be. Yeah. Um, Fun goof, man. <laughs> Thank you for bringing levity to our situation. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's a kooky guy who hired a hitman. Hilarious. Yeah. I'm also remembering now that meat meat robbery is a huge part of the film The Irishman. So maybe it is genuinely very, you know. That's true. Profitable That's start. It's a high value item. The, and you can dispose it's a of the evidence crime, which is what very quickly. Yeah. By letting Hawks. Yeah, it was also a big plot point in the Stephen King uh JFK book. Uh <laughs> really? the one where Oh yeah. There's, the t- there's a time machine. There's a little time portal in the the back of this diner, and the guy was always selling cheap hamburgers. Like he had the best hamburger meat. It was so cheap. It's because he would go through the portal back to 1959 and buy hamburger meat for super cheap. <laughs> He'd buy the best stuff and then bring it back to present day where he would make his hamburgers. Yeah, yeah. That is an incredibly mundane use of a time <laughs> portal. Yeah, yeah. The guy, the the guy tries to keep it simple. Yeah, yeah back- I mean, I feel like that's a realistic one. If someone had a time portal, like they would absolutely use it for economic gain. Yeah, yeah go back. The other guy was just like, "I'm going to go stop the assassination of JFK." Guys, <laughs> like, I'm just getting cheap hamburger meat through this thing. <laughs> yeah, he's probably concerned. He's like, "You can Think do whatever you want. Don't don't fuck up my hamburger thing. Yeah. Don't mess yeah. that up because I need that to keep going." If you if you yeah. stopping the JFK assassination closes this portal and I can't get this burger meat, I'm gonna have to sell this. I'm out of here. I'm I'm finished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll or I'm going to have to raise the prices of the burgers to like normal hamburger prices <laughs> yeah. for every every hamburger restaurant. Yeah, but the razor thin profit margins. Yeah, going back to get hamburger meat before there was any regulation of it whatsoever, it was still allowed to be like three parts typhoid per hundred. Just get that. Yeah, <laughs> it's before they started doing the iodine wash or whatever they do every time before you know the factory farming. So it's probably uh, you know yeah. Um, it's uh, it's like that. Um, I feel like I've, I've I've brought it up, but it's one of my favorite videos to see. Of like, what's that British chef Jamie Oliver? Is that the guy with the with the spiky hair that does the? That's one of them. There's also he's like or, the, is, he the, is he the mean one or is he the nice one? No, he's the nice one. Okay, that's Jamie Oliver. I think. Yeah, yeah. Jamie we Oliver tried... also sometimes mean. To be fair. Oh yeah. There oh, is okay. one where he like he does like a thing about like obesity and he like yells at fat people. <laughs> it's not great. Oh really? Okay, <laughs> but not he's great. Not the one he goes. He, he tries to like save towns, right? He's the yeah. one who's just like, this town yeah. is unhealthy. I'm going to get you guys eating salad. 
Yeah. Yeah, he goes down to Dallas or Houston with like a big truckload of uh, you know, lettuce and surprisingly it doesn't work. Yeah, then um, he just becomes the town villain and everyone hates yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of my it's related to that. I think it might be from that show where he he's he brings in a bunch of kids and then he's like, "You guys like chicken nuggets, right?" And they're like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Well, this is what they're made of." And he has a big bowl of that pink slime, and all the kids are like, "Gross." And then after he does that, he pulls out a big, huge platter of chicken nuggets, and he's like, "Do you guys still want the chicken nuggets now?" And every kid is like, "Yes," and they just <laughs> <laughs> completely wreck the platter of chicken Hell nuggets. Yeah. And he just has to stand there. He's like, "Oh, all right." <laughs> uh, like, okay. what do you want, man? Nuggets are good. Now, do you feel that with the president and when he has a, a buffet set up for college athletes to eat fast food, I think that's the one thing he's done correctly is that yeah. that's, no kid wants to eat like chicken cordon bleu served <laughs> on some plate. It's like, yeah. no. A college athlete would be fucking psyched because they probably don't eat that much fast food and they're like, the president told me I could eat this. They'd yeah. be very excited. I, I'll also argue that college athletes eat a lot of fast food. I guess they're still young. They don't have to worry I, too much about nutrition. Yeah, I, I ended up in some uh, like football players when I was at Michigan, and they like they get like tickets they can use it just like the pizza place on campus, especially the big ones like offensive linemen or whatever, where they oh, walk yeah. in the first day and they're like, you know, they're like a 200 pound 18 year old. And the coach immediately is like, you got to hit 300 pounds by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. You read He's what like, they no eat. And mo- most of them are eating smoothies that are made of like grits and like olive oil. Like yeah. they, they're not eating, <laughs> you know, lean chicken breasts. They're eating whatever will help them get to 4,000 calories a day. I guess yeah. it depends on the type of type of athlete. But regardless, none of them are going to not be excited about a Big Mac from the Right. Reason. I don't oh, need a yeah. shrimp cocktail ice sculpture, you know, just no, give me the you. just give me burgers. That's that's yeah. what I want. Yeah, look, of course there's class and race issues loaded in the idea the president <laughs> thinks this is what they want but it is what i would want i can only say it's what the president wants that's like what he eats right yeah doesn't he eat like he has like a weird like doesn't he eat like only fillet of fish or something like insane yeah i think you're mistaking him for me (laughs) (laughs) there's that one picture of him from like the first time he did it where he's like holding his arms out wide with the huge platter with a big smile on his face and he looks like have you ever seen from Dust Till Dawn when the when um the guy lets all the bats in like, <laughs> like when he turns around yes. and he's got his arms wide and he's turned because he turns into a vampire without you realizing it and then he yep. turns around into the vampire face that's like exactly the same image <laughs> yeah he's like the Willard of hamburgers he's just king. Donald yeah, Trump's I- like his photo composition is really incredible it is like <laughs> unprecedented from a president he is always dead center in the middle of a like freakishly symmetrical picture it's like it looks every picture he takes looks like the shining like, yeah yeah it's he just it's occupies amazing. like things are things are really bad but it's it, you lose sight of also just how like equally weird everything has to be all the time like yeah. it, it's just a very strange kind of unreality that everything is yeah the the the, the white house photographer trying to explain the rule of thirds to donald <laughs> yeah. trump it's not it'll happening. actually be get more attention if he's in the uh the, the right quadrant of the photo <laughs> i mean i think even food wise like even if the government had a program where they were going to send everybody food I think most people would not want if you got a thing from the government and it was like, here you go, it's a skinless ch- turkey and uh, 
quinoa. They'd no, be like, send everybody no. chicken nuggets. Do you want to remember, remember how mad everybody got at Michelle Obama for like suggesting that kids maybe don't need to eat total garbage at school lunches? <laughs> yeah, I was like, nope. She's going I'm down. That's yeah, it. and then like a, an, ex- an exercise program for kids that was entirely centered around jumping jacks, which I'm still convinced aren't a real exercise. <laughs> like, I think jumping jacks are just a way to make the fattest kid in the school jiggle for everyone's amusement. Like, I can't <laughs> see any way that burns calories. <laughs> it's just to make people who live downstairs upset. That's what it is. That's true. Yeah. Currently, that's the main use. <laughs> it's a uh, psyop. All exercises well, that involve a lot of flopping around. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah. Did your uh, did the uh, people who stole this meat did they successfully have their barbecue or are they in jail now? Um, there's a list of like 15 people that got arrested. I don't know what the. <laughs> I guess they're all guilty until found other. Like they're all being charged with theft, even though like it's unlikely that all 20 of them went to the place to steal. So That's I guess a they're con- fun time to bring your whole barbecue to, to steal. Meat. Conspiracy to commit petty theft. You know, I don't know. It's, obviously, this was some. You know, the hot dog roll neck, you know, like roided up SWAT guys coming in and stopping this. Um, So obviously not funny from that perspective. But, uh, you know, I love the idea of just the trail of meat is, uh, you know. Very good. uh, we got a cookout in progress. We got to, you know, just uh, that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah, 100%. Just tackling somebody. I have the barrel of an M4 in the base of my neck because I went to an unsanctioned barbecue. (laughs) But, now, do they have to put the meat in the, the, that locker in the police station is yeah. that like a problem yeah. like the evidence room yeah, there's an evidence freezer yeah. they have a separate yeah. one yeah. in uh, in texas for all the meat the the, the flintstone sure. style big ribs like the dinosaur uh-huh. ribs yeah um, in the a, evidence in a locker freezer. and then the refrigerated evidence locker <laughs> yeah one of the cops ate crimes. one of the racks of ribs by accident they have to fill out all this paperwork right now. that's also mess. where they put you know when the 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 guy hanging in the meat truck in, in uh, Goodfellas, he goes in the evidence freezer as well until they uh, <laughs> can do the autopsy. That's where they store the stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, there's another tip for if you want to help out an employee of Trader Joe's, ask them to get any of the frozen food out of the back because that was just a – you'd be like, oh, cool. And then you go stand in the freezer for 10 minutes, and that's your break. That's how that's yeah. you some fun. That sounds just good. Go sit on a big bag of frozen orange chicken and think about your life. It's the highlight of my days. <laughs> All right, should we do uh, number one? Let's do it. Uh, number one this week. Uh, this is this is an old story that has recently been been unearthed in um, Andrew Bennett's new book about Eddie Van Halen called "Eruption in the Canyon: Two Hundred and Twelve Days and Nights with the Genius of Eddie Van Halen." Uh, this is about it's about Eddie Van Halen really at the time when you really want to know about Eddie Van Halen uh, the period between 2004 and 2007. Um, <laughs> yeah, just a good time when they're at their peak. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so the the memoir features several anecdotes taken directly from Eddie himself, including uh, the following, which is a story about his dealings with Fred Durst in uh, I believe. That, okay, this is this is 2001. Um, so this is, this is an as told to, I guess, to this guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, so apparently, um, Eddie Van Halen met Fred Durst of, uh, Limp Bizkit fame, uh, at a party in 2001 and a a record executive, uh, suggested naturally, uh, that they should work together. Of course. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just a completely, uh, you know, 
Sensical collaboration. And this Finally would be this together. is this is this is Chocolate Starfish era Fred Durst. Do I have the timeline right on that? Yeah, I believe two thousand one. They're huge. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and apparently this is immediately after uh, Wes Borland has left, so they are in need of a guitarist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Wes Borland, not enough for them to let him dress up in corpse paint by himself every show. Yeah. Decided he finally was going to join a band that he wanted to be in. I'm sure He's Fred left. Durst asked if Eddie Van Halen could wear the contacts if he <laughs> wanted to be in the band. Um, yeah. To Fred Durst's credit, apparently what he said when this was suggested was, that would be hilarious, the greatest guitar player ever with the worst band ever. So <laughs> Fred Durst yeah. just knows, you know, where his where his bread is buttered, I guess. Uh, yeah. So apparently uh, Van Halen thought this was, like, very funny, so it was like, sure, yeah, let's do it. Let's at least, like, have a jam session. Why not? Um so he goes. He goes to Eddie. Uh, he goes to Fred Durst's house uh, in Beverly Hills, naturally, and uh, they they set up a, a jam session. Um, unfortunately, uh, Eddie Van Halen was not uh, okay with with what was going on at this jam session. Apparently, too many people were smoking weed, and uh, uh, Eddie said that it was like quote being a scholar amongst kindergartners. So, <laughs> okay, not thrilled. <laughs> all right man also <laughs> chill but yeah that is like a really weird complaint like of all complaints too many people are smoking weed at limp biscuit's house right. um, it because being a kid being not smart as a kindergartner is the kindergartner's fault also that's like not why aren't you a you scholar decided you to go hang out kid. with limp biscuit like right. yeah Stated as a joke. Also, you're going to have a jam session with someone to whom my knowledge is plays no instruments. Like, <laughs> yeah. what did you think was going to happen? He here? plays the backwards red Yankees cap. All right, that's his <laughs> yeah. instrument. He, uh, yeah, he's just going to rap over your you shredding, I guess. Um, so apparently, uh, Eddie then left because uh, he was like, too many people smoking weed here. Uh, I don't like it. So he left like without all of his equipment. He'd like brought a bunch of equipment over. Um, and after that, he, he claims he repeatedly re- reached out to Durst, uh, in an effort to recover his property. Um, but, uh, old Limp Bizkit didn't return his calls. So, uh, Eddie decided to hop in an assault vehicle he purchased at a military auction <laughs> and <laughs> drive over to Durst's home. Uh, he parks it on the lawn and, uh, According to witnesses, he, quote, got out wearing no shirt, his hair in a samurai bun on top of his head, his jeans held up with a strand of rope, and combat boots held together by duct tape. And he uh, pulled a gun on Fred Durst and, uh, quote, I put my gun to that stupid fucking red hat of his, and I said, where's my shit, motherfucker? Uh, The guy turned to one of his employees and starts yelling to him uh, to grab my shit. So apparently this was resolved. Uh, however, in a very theatrical way, with uh, a very vivid picture of what Eddie Van Halen looked like at the time. This is the second definition of pulling an OJ. This is the the thing that got OJ actually put in jail was robbing the guy of the memorabilia at gunpoint. Yeah, not the other thing. Obviously, the second whenever, definition. Whenever Eddie, I think it was in either Sammy Hagar said it or David Lee Roth. I can't remember who said it. Um, somebody who was in Van Halen and then was out of Van Halen um, said that whenever Eddie would be truly crazed, he would dress like a samurai. He would do that samurai thing when he was (laughs) truly out of his mind. 
So this this, this makes tracks. as soon as you mentioned Eddie Van Halen and the time period, I was going to say, is this about him dressed like a samurai? <laughs> and then thankfully it went right where I thought it was going to go that he had his hair pulled in the samurai style. Yeah. Um, it's a real shame he didn't come with a sword then. That would have been yeah. very exciting. Well, let's be honest. He's also completely ignoring the code of the samurai. Yeah. So he's not even trying that hard. Uh, is is I don't know his whole like drug history. I mean, is this seems very drug fueled, but that not just makes the right the, kind of drug apparently. Yeah, yeah for that's him to be funny. just like for him to be like, you guys are smoking pot. <laughs> Stop it! It's like what is he mad that that's all they're smoking? I don't know. Yeah. It's like. It was unprofessional was... to him, I guess, somehow. Yeah. This guy was in Van Halen, <laughs> yeah. a band that just lived off of that image. And yeah. Like, That's... to be like, hey, guys, stop smoking weed. It's going to, what, ruin your life? And it's like, well, whatever you're on has you pretending you're in the, you know, pretending you're a Ronin. So maybe whatever you're on has weed you is buying fine. assault vehicles at military auctions. Yeah. yeah. I will say weed will make you buy a sword, 100%. That's so yes. it's not without fault. I, I, I had a totally different image of this in my mind before you said he went to Fred Durst's house. I thought Fred Durst was going to go to Eddie Van Halen's house and just be in the Alfred Molina scene from Boogie Nights. Like, that's what I thought we were like, <laughs> like a guy throwing firecrackers in the back randomly. Yeah. Eddie Van Halen in a bathrobe, just waving a gun around. <laughs> just like, yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Uh, this is, I mean, okay. The the outfit that is described is like almost Alfred Molina and Boogie Nights. Like there is no kimono, mm-hmm. but there is pants held up by rope, uh, right. And a samurai bun and no shirt. Like I, I feel like that's I, just another like Alfred Molina in that movie. It's like they caught him on that day when he was in that outfit. But if they'd gone the next day, he would be in the Eddie Van Halen outfit. Sure. I, okay. I love that that Eddie Van Halen apparently has like, you know, like like a way for people that know him. To tell that he's like really on one, like like the the it's fact important. that somebody could go into another room and be like, he's in the samurai stuff. So like, <laughs> mm-hmm. play it cool. Yeah. Like, don't agitate him if you can. He's, he's Not samurai be a good mode. Day today. <laughs> yeah. Like you're, yeah, you're pulling in, and then somebody just goes the samurai. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so uh, like, code okay, samurai. Let me just brace myself. Yeah, yeah. it's like you're, like you're like you dad gets home from work and then he walks in and you're like uh oh like dad's in the samurai outfit this is like everyone just like don't make him mad just like please it's crazy eddie needs someone to drive him over to the limp biscuit rehearsal space (laughs) (laughs) i also i also love that he apparently brought a huge kit to jam with fred durst again i mean he does not play instruments and like so what what what? How many pedals do you need to go jam with Fred Durst? Like, he's bringing like a Marshall full stack over to make sure that they get the the, the correct sound for his possible uh, uh, collaboration with just Fred Durst from the Biscuit. <laughs> An- another thing uh, about this that is uh, a very good sort of like counter narrative side note is apparently this all happened while uh, someone was attempting to film a documentary about him. And so there is, like, some footage of this. And then the guy who was making the documentary eventually got sued by Van Halen because they were like, you cannot release this. This footage can't come out. So 
That's up yeah. there with like the Werner Herzog getting shot footage from like <laughs> mu- this is an incredible thing that happened during the filming of the documentary. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, it's, it's unrelated to the topic of the documentary. Yeah, yeah, it's it's in a vault with all the other forbidden footage of like what, like who's the guy who got shot by accident? Like it's just all locked in there. Yeah, it's, oh, uh, uh, the crow. Yeah, oh, it's the, oh, the with with Brandon, Brandon Lee. Lee. Jesus, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's that, and then Eddie Van Halen dressed as a samurai, on, screaming on Fred Durst's lawn. Yeah, <laughs> I want to read this. I want to read this 2004 to 2007 Eddie Van Halen retrospective just to see that if uh, Eddie Van Halen phone banks for Obama at any point mm. during this, <laughs> takes out the bun, then goes does his service. Like what? What do we think they were? J- were they jamming on? Like were they doing like a, like like Limp Bizkit was going to do a cover of like Love Walks In. But then, because this happened, they changed their mind, and they did Behind Blue Eyes. They wanted, like, a slow song from a rock band, and that, that's what changed it. Like, I think they probably they probably did Walk This Way once, and then they were like, I think that's all we can do. This is, like, our only song that really uses both of our skill sets here. Walk This like, Way is Aerosmith. Sorry not to, uh, you know. I know, but it's, okay. it's, it's a rap-rock collaboration with okay, Run DMC and Aerosmith. Okay. I'm trying to think of songs that they could cover that would have both rap and rock in them you do like a like hot one, for teacher is kind of yeah. limp biscuity one week by bare naked lady <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's they released a bunch of- their own version of honking on bobo the covers <laughs> album yeah now, is it wrong that i think that eddie van halen i that i think he's a colossal disappointment and he did not fulfill any of his potential at all when you think of they made they made a bunch of records that were always twenty five minutes long and always had a dumb cover on every one of them <laughs> and a novelty song on them and then that went on for six years and then they broke up and then they made bad <laughs> records with Sammy Hagar and that's literally all this guy ever did. That is kind yeah. of wild to think about that he has the legacy he has based on like maybe eventually four being albums. Better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The like have you heard eruption? Am I hurting feelings with that? I'm sorry. Not our I don't, feelings. I don't. I don't. I don't feel. I'm pretty. I'm fine. You know. He has, he has a pretty sorry. strong legacy of um, special edition guitars that are for sale. <laughs> yeah, that you can get. I think Just he's more paint he's, job. He's more influential to like the masking tape community <laughs> than to the rock community. Yeah, he showed what you can do with a nice roll of tape on a guitar. Mm. Yeah. He's, he's had more influence on modern design. He, he, CBT owes him. I mean, CB2 owes him more more credit than anything for just <laughs> figuring out their aesthetic of strong lines. I, li- I like that Fred Durst was wearing the red hat, if that story is to be taken literally. Like, he's, you know, he, that's that was him, man. You know, that was yeah. not, he didn't get home and like, you know, uh, it's like, oh, time to take off this costume. Nope, that was, that's it. Well, that I will say thing. like one thing uh, Eddie Van Halen is, is, good at when coherent is spinning a yarn so if he didn't if he wasn't wearing the red hat eddie knew to say he was wearing the red hat that is something he is talented at sure yeah no that that is a good detail and you just you you're there when you (laughs) you can you can see the red hat yeah the, the red yankees cap that was the maybe the weirdest creation in the history of sportswear ever it's just like what if we took this Yankees thing, which has never been red once, <laughs> and other teams have red in their right. name of their team, like the Reds or the Red Sox, <laughs> and they're just like, 
Well, that thing's red now, too. It's it was, yeah. very strange. Where's yeah. Fred Durst from? I'm guessing Florida, like he's Jacksonville Florida. area. See, yeah, okay. I just he's Googled a Florida him. Guy. Uh, he's from Gastonia, North Carolina. Oh, okay. All right. But he did his growing up in Florida. Oh, okay. There yeah. you go. He's as <laughs> Florida as you can get. That's the that was like I mean the the influence yeah. of so uh yeah Jacksonville Florida Orlando and then North Carolina yeah. so he the influence of, of that part of Florida looms very large over the late nineties like Marilyn Manson and all those guys were down there even yeah. like, even all the boy bands are from Florida like right. they got both sides of it yeah the I Disney the, the the all the musket the, you know Britney Spears Timberlake like yeah from the from the Mickey Mouse Club and all that Florida stuff supremacy. yeah it's pretty wild. People, people want to. People don't want to admit how much of the U.S. is constantly shaped by Florida. Like they did, they don't want to give it up. It's like all our they, elections, all of our elections, elections are decided by Florida. Mm-hmm. The, the forty, you know, almost all the countries just kind of canceling each other out, and then Florida is just making the choices for everyone under the radar. They're just one, you know. We, we don't want they're to admit powerful. that they're the tastemakers. They're powerful tastemakers as a state. Yeah, I like to imagine too that Fred Durst has at night he changes out of his red Yankees cap into a, a similar red Yankees nightcap with like a long <laughs> full, folded over. <laughs> yeah, know, instead of a candle, candle holder. on a plane, it's just a big blunt that's lit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a little tin. <laughs> a blunt in a tin. Yeah, that was why. That's why Van Halen got mad. Someone was bringing him his blunt on a tin, and it got too close to Van Halen's face. <laughs> He was afraid he might accidentally get high. <laughs> yeah, he was really worried about that. That was the big problem. He didn't want to accidentally get high. <laughs> yeah. No, he was he was the one that was he he was married to Valerie Bertinelli, right? Is that him? Yes. It's it, does it weird to anyone else how much they look alike? <laughs> Van I never Halen? thought about they it. They look very similar. They have very similar like head shapes and hair to me. Like mm-hmm. it's just kind of, I don't know. I thought their eyes are very similar. Also, yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. I, I have to. It's look like this it's up. like Milhouse's parents on The Simpsons. Like, mm. are they not related? They are the same. <laughs> <laughs> There's a yeah, that's girl and boy version of the same person, and they're yeah, not that's related. Why Milha- that's why Milhouse's eyesight is so fucking bad. They just won't admit it. <laughs> he also has super a he, he has hip dysplasia and uh, <laughs> other problems that are from his uh, genetic. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now I'm I'm looking them up, and uh, I see what you're saying. It's like. Yeah. Well, they have the same haircut, which is a problem. Um, it doesn't make them look different. That yeah, same haircut and like same. I mean, going a little rowboat. Okay. And she was like a child, like a child actress or something. I think like, and obviously she was older than that when they got together. But she was like an America's sweetheart type, I think. And it's like the bad boy rock rock star or something. I don't know. I'm, wow, I'm yeah. they were married for a the long time. There, but I don't know if we can be too surprised that Eddie Van Halen's ideal partner is. Eddie Van Halen, just looking <laughs> they were, for a similar. Important to note, they were married at the time that he was putting a gun to Fred Durst's head. They were still married at that point. This maybe she important... gassed him up to go over there. Maybe he, <laughs> yeah. maybe he didn't want to do it. And she, she like, also, you, you got to stick up for yourself. <laughs> Does he make her dress up like a samurai? Also, is this like a whole thing? Yeah. She he he's not a Ronin. He actually uh, he actually responded to her, you know, as a samurai. She was his, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. She's his lord. Yeah. The complete control. Um, 
Yeah, well, uh, A. Van Halen, uh, best of luck to him. Hope he's, I'm sure he's doing well in the quarantine, whatever, wherever yeah. he is. Um, <laughs> Hot for teacher, check it out. He's getting, <laughs> he's getting on Zoom with the samurai bun and just causing havoc. Um, yeah, so so that's, I think that's, uh, that's yeah, thank you again, Tom. Um, do you want to, I, I, I neglected to mention early on, but you have a, uh, a very funny, great new podcast called Double Threat with uh, Julie Klausner, who is uh, uh, also a hilarious person. Um, yeah. That's on Forever Dog. Uh, I really love the first few episodes. Very funny stuff. Oh, um, thank you so much. It's fun, and it, to do stuff with Julie is the best. And we just did an episode with um, Chris Gethard and uh, Robin Colombo from McMillions. We figured we'd kind of smash them together. And okay, have the, <laughs> that's fun. The, uh, Mob wife and Chris Gethard <laughs> show. So. And you had a, you had Martha Kelly earlier, which was uh, Kelly who was, was great. Fun. Yeah, she's, best. she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, it, and it, the thing I love about that show is that it's just like it's just like you you guys like get like get sent things and then get to just go off on them, which is the, just like a, 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 I, I love that. That's like my favorite. Uh, uh, I, I I've learned so that, much from your podcast, including that Harvey Weinstein was in a Barbie out. movie. Yes, the yeah Harvey Weinstein in a Barbie oh, movie. Terrifying. Yeah, no, that was that was truly horrifying, <laughs> and I think it's just going to feed into the worst of humanity <laughs> that we get sent dozens of things <laughs> that will just make us sad. And yeah, we'll just it will end up being a problem in the end. <laughs> but right now it's super fun, and I'm yeah. glad we're doing it. Surely there won't be a dark side to entertainment. <laughs> Yes. That, that, that we can reach. Yeah. We we did some accidental research on Jeepers Creepers and found out there's a a lot of bad stuff about that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that was real the, the dark the dark history of Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> yeah. um, the controversy tab on the Jeepers Creepers Wikipedia page. Yeah. Uh, sure, that's, the, that's the guy who did uh, uh, Powder. Did he do Jeepers Creepers? Oh yeah, I think so. Did he I think, also yeah, do Victor Powder? Salva? He's he's in jail. Is the main thing, or he was, or he, he wa- should be. Is the issue? Yeah, he went yeah. to jail for three years and then got out on half of that after doing sex crimes to children and then <laughs> made Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, so that was the follow-up chances. project to sex hey, crimes. You know, Jeepers Creepers. Um, yeah, so 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 there's yeah, Double Threat, and then obviously the best show. I mean, uh, you know, there's not much else to say about the best show. It's the best show. Um, it's the best. No, you're you're sweet. Thank you. It's so on. Much. It's on Patreon. Uh, definitely support it. It's a uh, some of the richest lore uh it, it's a titanic amount of, of stuff over the years and uh it's been a, a a constant companion for me sorry i don't mean to suck up or anything i'm just no. uh, it's uh, oh, well, one of the best nice things. things i'm gonna make you be mad you're saying a nice <laughs> thing to me shut the fuck up daddy <laughs> no thank uh, you so much yeah uh well, well thank you um and thanks again for doing the show is there anything else you wanted to you want to plug or anything you know just no i just want to tell everybody to Stay safe and <laughs> have a good one. <laughs> there it is. Hell yeah. All right. Well, thank thanks, you everybody. so much. I really appreciate it.